Hey y'all, Torin again. So like I said last week, this is going to be the second of two episodes where we had some technical issues while recording. So the level of editing might be a little bit lower than what you're used to. But like I said last week, I think you're really going to enjoy it. This week we had the Burns family, who are one of, well two of technically, the best guests that we've had on this podcast, just how good they are at parenting and how much they understand autism acceptance and how cool they are together. I really enjoy doing it. Thank you to the Burns family for coming on. Thank you to Stacy uh, for arranging this, and I hope you guys enjoy. And we are live, back, with another episode of Shifting Narrative on Everything Autism. I'm Torin Kearns, and as usual, I'm joined by the Autism Sage herself, Mama Baden. How are you? I am good. And today we have no sunshine outside, but I have sunshine in front of me with our wonderful guest, um, <laughs> which for those who are listening, uh, I just said, do you know what we're going to talk about on this podcast? And they're like, nope. So I just want to say thanks for coming on and just risking, uh, <laughs> not sure what we're going to talk about. But I will say that one of the reasons I wanted to have you all on is because I am, um, I love it when dads are involved, right? I love it when dads are involved because I find that when dads are involved, it is just a wonderful extra layer of everything, support for everyone, right? But I love it also when dads are involved and mom and dad are working together, but also coming from different perspectives and respecting that. Now, I don't know what goes on in your house when we're not talking and having a Zoom session, but I do know what I've seen. I do know what I hear. And I think that it's important for other families to hear your story of mom and dads come from different perspectives, but you want the same thing. And just because you don't agree on how it needs to be done doesn't mean you don't want the same thing. And I think it's important for parents to know you have to work through that and understand that. Um, and that's it. And I just love your family. Your family is, <laughs> you know, I would describe your family as fun, kind of quirky, creative, intelligent. Um, I'm like, wow, I want to grow. I mean, I, I appreciate my parents, but gosh, you guys had fun like you guys have fun with your kids and do fun <laughs> stuff and I'm like ooh, so that's why um I just adore you guys so much but do you Thank want you. to Thank introduce you. and say anything about maybe your kiddo diagnosis history just a little bit to let the listeners know where you're coming from right well my name's LaVon Burns and I'm Michelle Burns <laughs> and yeah we have um two little Lovely, lovely, <laughs> exciting children. Um, Grady is our oldest. He's about to turn five next week, and I'm so sad. He's growing so fast. Yes. And Curly, she's our little um, almost almost three-year-old. She's embracing her nose. And um, Grady, we uh, spent a hard time trying to have him in general. Yes. So we were so excited when we found that um, we were going to have a lovely little child. And he was like the, the most interesting baby. Indeed. <laughs> um, Indeed. The most curious toddler. And, <laughs> and we started 
noticing just he was different, but we didn't really know how to even relate to it because he was our first child. So yes. we, we didn't have anything to compare it to. So I was like, oh, he's not really talking a lot. Oh, he has about, you know, five words. And it didn't dawn on me that that was not typical for his age group. Yes. And then it was the major thing that drew us into wanting to find out everything was he would do a lot of lining up of his toys and he was heavy into his shapes and heavy into the major shape was the spiral for a while mm -hmm. like everything was a spiral like everything and then um one day we were doing something and he was when he was scared or he was nervous he would cover his ears and so, and I was tell, I would say, hey, he's covering his ears, but he's doing it not like something's loud. He's just when he's, when he's nervous, when he's anxious, he would cover his ears. And then um, he would shriek, oh, so loudly all the time. And um, one of my friends, her son was autistic and she said, well, he still is autistic. Um, <laughs> so, um, do you think he's autistic? And I said, oh, I don't know. And then I was like, maybe maybe mm -hmm. and so then like then you start looking back and you go and then i noticed what we said things that we thought we didn't really know weren't typical like he was he had eight words at two but he also at two could write the alphabet and he was and i didn't think that was out of the ordinary yes doesn't every two-year-old write the alphabet yeah definitely <laughs> or when he would pick up words he was picking them up because he started sight reading unbeknownst to, to us. And exactly. I remember the first time that he did actually say something other than his, his favorite eight words was we did a lot of watching of PBS kids and he wound up reading Pinkalicious and Pinker, P Peter Riffin. Peter Riffin, yes. And <laughs> I was like, wait, hold up. Did you, did you teach him that? <laughs> and she was like, no, did you? And I was like, no. So then the more we started just sitting back and observing and watching him, you know, he started reading things that were on the TV guide or just reading random things in the house. And we were blown away by it. And then I was like, oh, okay, look at, oh, all right. And then my friend was like, I know this lady. <laughs> maybe, maybe you can um, talk to her. Maybe, maybe you can get him tested. So we also talked to the pediatrician, of course, and then we went through that channel. And um, like you may have already heard, it they're like, "Oh, we can get him. It's going to be about um, six months to a year." <laughs> and I was like. I'm a, I want things now. I'm going to figure out how we're going to do it now. Let, let me see who I know. Um, try to use any kind of contacts I have. Or, and I found somebody and I was telling um, LaVon, I was like, you know, we might have to pay out of pocket, but we're going to figure this one out. So we found somebody and they did the whole testing and then he got a medical diagnosis. And actually this was right it's still COVID. Yes. so i remember we we went there did everything and um 
And he made me laugh because that day he was like, you know, telling her she wants to name the shapes. And she's like, yeah, and the moon. And Grady was like, crescent. <laughs> and I was like, he's not wrong. And even though he had like eight words or so um, outside of the alphabet, I would say he probably knew about 30 signs in sign language. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the boy had me learning. I was like, okay, <laughs> I know my alphabet, but let's let's learn. Oh, that's swing. Okay, well, mama's gonna learn yeah. swing. Mm -hmm. Playground. <laughs> we were we learning it all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he had other ways to communicate. Um, and when we got the diagnosis, I we were sitting just like over over Zoom. She's She's telling us. And I just remember um, not knowing to do with the information. And then I'm always that person who thinks way into the future. And so in my brain, I wasn't think I was thinking he has this diagnosis. Um, what are we gonna do? It, it, does that mean he's not ever gonna like? Is she saying he's not gonna talk or like? What if he can't communicate? If he's walking down the street and the police stop him, like I was in that <laughs> zone. He's like barely three. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so then, so then, thankfully, the um, mom was like, "Okay, well, let's let's reel it back." <laughs> yes, definitely, because you know this was around the same time that the whole. Uh, Elijah McClain's situation happened. And that's immediately where we went to. But then I had to be like, okay, he's three. We need to dial it back. We need to calm down and we need to plan accordingly because we can't have him in one of those situations and not give him all the tools that he needs to be prepared for something like that. So that was one of the things when we got the diagnosis to be like, okay, you know, he's going to learn things at his own pace and in his own way. And mm -hmm. the only thing that we can really do is find the resources for him and help him to get to his end game and and that was and it, and it took a minute it's not like all of a sudden five seconds later we were like but uh <laughs> i mean i did i was in the shower i was crying i was trying to talk to myself like okay you know he's the same boy that you walked in that That's place it. with exactly so why are you yeah. why are you all of a sudden it's this you know, this in, you know, thing. And um, I'm a late in life parent. Well, hold on. He's a late in life parent. Yes. Um, so I was like, is, you know, is this something that I did? Like you go through all that for a second. And then like, I, I did give myself and I do this all the time. You know, if, if something bothers me, I'm like, okay, you're going to be say all the stuff you need to say that is not appropriate in your head and then let it go. You, you got to let that part go and then figure out how we're going to do. So I was in the shower crying, uh, seeing police officers, you know, you know, struggles to attack my son, people, you know, bullying and all that. And then I'll, and then I was like, okay, now what's the next step? And 
Um, my next, <laughs> ours, I was like, I'm going to try to find some groups because my friend with her autistic son had, um, was in these groups and I was like, I'm going to try a group and, and see. And then I was in the groups and I was like, I don't think I like these groups. They make me feel weird. Uh, <laughs> and, um, I wasn't sure. Sometimes, you know, you just don't know why you hear sometimes that people speak their language, but, um, that's where I figured out the whole, um, autism mom <laughs> mm -hmm. as and I was like I don't I don't feel like that's gonna be me I don't think I want to mm -hmm. identify as that um and so I was trying to figure out how exactly how our family is gonna take it basically take it on like I don't feel like you know, you learn how you're going to want to parent or you decide like oh in my house we don't do this and even you know um you know at my house you know, some people like we eat at the table every day mm -hmm. or, you know, it's going to be one of those things. So mm -hmm. um, we were like, how how are we like at our house, we're going to decide to use this language. And we decided what we were going to do and how we were going to speak mm -hmm. about certain things and then let our other family members know. So since, like I was saying, I'm late in life parents, you know, my parent hurt my, you know, his grandmother. Um, we also, and I was like, okay, let's see how, how a family's going to accept this. You know, yeah. <laughs> we were talking like how, how we're going to necessarily um, speak and say, and, and, you know, and I didn't want every like body to identify with his diagnosis. This is what I was like. So I was trying to let, um, you know, my mom know like, Hey, we're going to do things different and it's okay. <laughs> Yeah. I, I go ahead, Michelle. Oh, I was just gonna say, and then the lady, um, the doctor, the pediatrician who diagnosed him, she gave us several like references, several things, and she gave us different options. And um, she did tell us because because he was two and he was writing with you know a pen like like an actual uh, like I do, um, and his so it was fine and his gross motors were fine. So she was like, you know, he doesn't need OT. Um, he doesn't he does need speech for his undiagnosed um, language delay, and he also had. Um, she gave us the option about um, ABA. So I didn't know anything about ABA then, Ooh. and she, <laughs> and she said. Okay, um, I asked her everything, like, was that what he needs? And she was like, well, you're a medical professional. I'm going to let you do the research and you can decide if that's something for y'all. And I was like, okay, so. Yeah, and then deep diving into that. Oh, boy, it was, it was brutal. It was brutal. And then just watching different examples in videos of ABA practices i was like yeah grady's not a dog he he you you yeah i don't i don't like that and then delving even further into the history and finding out just where it originated from that just had us soured completely we just we visited like before we even really looked up i think we visited about three Oof. and it, we just yeah. We didn't like the feel of it. Um, it made us feel weird crossing the threshold into the places. And then they said 40 hours. I said, I don't even work 40 hours a week. I, I don't think he needs 40 hours of this. Yeah. This, so we we just did outside that. And then um, 
I think in one of my groups, you were in probably one of my Facebook groups, uh, Stacey, and I remember seeing your name commenting on random things. And um, one day I just, I feel like I stumbled upon, I just stumbled upon. <laughs> I, I, I think I asked you a question and I was like, click on this lady. And then all of a sudden I find like, you are the autism sage. She yes. is, Torin. I said, <laughs> I said this lady and I told LeBon, I said, look at this web page that why was I on 18 different pages and this and she has all this content of everything that I could even imagine. Um and I felt like I was stalking your 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 website. She was. She was. She was. I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you, Michelle. <laughs> I I, I'm going to use this opportunity because I'm when I tell you I am bursting inside, like I am so excited with everything that you just said and listeners, um, you know, I say this often rewind, um, you know, and listen. So the things that I want to point out to you all and to the listeners and why I wanted to have you on here without even knowing how wonderful what you just said was going to be is you had a child and he was your child, and what he did was just what he did, right? No comparison, no one to say. And I think that's important for parents to recognize it's not about you. Nobody looks for signs of a diagnosis, right? You are, oh my gosh, look, they're doing that. And the only time, of course, it flags as a problem is if other people in the room are bothered. But you all were embracing of his little nuances. And um, for those who may not know, um, I, I guess I'm sure Michelle and I talked about it. The early reading is that hyperlexia um, and, and we just have recognized that there are some things that clearly were um, uh, showing signs of hyperlexia. And um, it's a wonderful thing that you all just like went with it, right? You like didn't like try to stop it. The other part is you said something um, that I was thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like literally the ticker tapes, like, like ripping with explosion because I can't say anything because I'm trying to be a good listener. And you said, why am I getting upset? It's the same child I walked in with. And, and that's exactly it. And the reason that I suspect, and, and I'm not saying I know why, but thinking in terms of, why we're doing this podcast is because the word autism has such a negative connotation. Like, oh my gosh, my child, you know, before I'm like, my child's an early reader, he's going to be brilliant. And now he can't do anything, right? Because of the diagnosis mm -hmm. and because no one explains it to you when you get the diagnosis. So you don't even know what that means, right? Um, yes. But I also just love that you were like, all right. Let's get to work. Let's see what we have to do. You know, yes. I love proactive. I mean, I if I could bottle up that proactiveness, um, and I know everyone's different. I've learned that in my older ages, because I used to say in a, apparently a very condescending way, well, I don't know why you just didn't look that up before you decided, right? Like, why would you? I mean, I don't even understand that. But I understand that everyone doesn't think that way, right? They don't think about educating themselves before um, they make decisions. So oh, we have somebody joining us. So Aww. I just want to say I so appreciate and the listeners cannot see. So I'm going to try to describe it. 
these are two parents that are looking at each other with a um, making sure they understand and they're on the same page, like the dynamics between the two of them. I know you guys can't see it, but that is the gold. Like that's how I know your children are going to be just fine and become whatever they're supposed to become in this world because you guys have that um, because you just genuinely love your kid for who he is. Like, you know, and I love that you said, hey, listen, family, these are the rules that we're all going to follow or you can't participate um, because that's important for Grady. And, and that's kind of hard, um, I will say, in in general, my mom, um, God bless her, we love her. Uh, she is, um, you know, a farm, raised on a farm, uh, military person and, you know, very like, okay, we're going to do this. And I wasn't sure. And, and that was on me for not being sure if she was going to be um, with the program. And she just said, okay, that's what we're doing. All right. And it might not have been the way she did things with us, but that was okay. And she listened and, and it works. And we're excited that it works for, um, for Grady and yeah, definitely. What he needs to have yeah. uh, in the means of support with him. Yeah, because she's very, very patient mm -hmm. with him. And she knows the right way to redirect instead of going back to how she was raised or how she raised mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Michelle. You know, she's like very understanding and she's like, okay, you know, Grady, is that something that you think you need to be doing right now? Mm -hmm. Like, is that something that you think you need to be touching? <laughs> and it's so awesome to watch her interact with him and his sister. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's yeah. awesome overall. And that's because I, you set I, the tone. When parents set the tone, other people follow or they can't participate. Like they feel left out if they don't follow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes um, we, we, I don't say don't, your expectations have to be set high, but sometimes, you know, things are going to change. So that doesn't mean don't do like the activity. And mm -hmm. I think we've, we've come to learn that we recently um, <clears throat> went to go see this bubble show. And so in our heads at first, we were like, okay, we're gonna have two kids. We're gonna go to this bubble show. Um, it's supposed to have lights. Is that gonna be too much sensory for him? Yeah. And, and instead of going like in our head, like saying, okay, we're just not gonna do it because it sounds like too much. Instead, we were like, okay, what's in the bag? Okay, you got the ear defenders. Okay, do we have um, his sunglasses? Yeah. Um, do you have his love? His other little headphones. Um, do we have some his fidget? Do we have Play-Doh? Do we? And that's kind of how we do when we go to anything. We're trying to pack these bags up to see what we can do to help support him. Um, and uh, we've you just your the way you think has changed. And I kind of you know it's it can be a challenge, but you know. But that's parenting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. There's different and challenges. Exactly. Yeah. What are some of the challenges that you guys feel you've had now that he is older? 
Um, you know, when they're little, we have a little bit more control over, um, you know, uh, therapy, a little bit more time with them. And then when they get older, they start preschool or daycare. What are the challenges you all have had? Because um, you guys have your stuff together, but I always feel like it's the other folks um, <laughs> in the world. Um, so can you share some of that? I see that um, smiling like, oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because baby Grady and Grady now are two completely different things. And it's so awesome to see it. But it's, and Michelle will say that it's like <laughs> two stone walls meeting and trying to make budge. <laughs> if you will, because it's just like, if he has it made up in his mind that he doesn't want to do something, like, then he won't do it. Mm -hmm. But sadly, I go back to how I was raised. And then when that happens, I have to stop and be like, okay, I need to take myself out of this equation. Mm -hmm. And I'll tag off if need be to with Michelle. Or then, or I'll ask for advice and have to redirect. And then, you know, we we meet in the middle to to <laughs> to get things done. And it's it's awesome when it happens because mm -hmm. it's like perfect harmony when when it does. Oh my gosh. I think I can wrap that in a bow. I mean, <laughs> like seriously, I'm just like, oh, I want this for all families. I just do. Go ahead, Michelle. I'm gonna. Oh, I was gonna say, and it's life. So of course we're not not without our struggles. He he, like I said, is gonna be five. So he, you know, doesn't want to brush his teeth or he doesn't want to get ready or he doesn't want to go to bed. And sometimes um, you you take the upper hand where you're like, like, Grady, it's time for bed. No, I don't want to go to bed. Yes. Not bed today. Well, um, <laughs> well, we, we said we need to go to the bed. And um Yes. Yes. That's, that's Curly joining us. Sorry. Yeah, we, we've uh, been we've been joined by uh, their infant daughter, yeah. who's adorable. I, love I it. wish you guys could see it. It's a family episode. But she, uh, but he, we've kind of learned. Um, sometimes you got to know, like why. So which is hard as a parent, especially being raised. Um, in the 80s <laughs> there was no really why is because i said so yes and to get out of that train of thought and so um i've learned myself um well grady you know it's time to go to bed no okay and and, and it doesn't then it starts you know before i start the power struggle um then i gotta i stop and i think and i step back and i go okay well he was looking at his, his, you know, he was looking at his tablet. He wasn't able to have it in the morning until he got like, you know, out of school. And now, you know, he's deep into what he's doing. Well, did I give him like a warning time? Like, Hey, we're going to stop using the tablet in this many time. And we're going to go to bed during the, you know, get ready yes. for bed. Yes. Or maybe I should have gave him a pre-warning or, um, Grady, you know, why aren't, why aren't you ready to go to bed? Oh, you, you're still holding the rest of your dinner in your hand that I didn't realize that piece, you know, you want to finish. Um, 
So sometimes it's not even it's not even a matter of negotiation. Sometimes it's just trying to recognize him as a person sometimes. Um, yes. And not just a child that I am telling, hey, you need yeah, that's something that you need to do. Now, like, if it's a matter of safety, of course, it's going to be a little bit different. But sometimes um, we have that struggle and then we find other ways to see what's good. So he doesn't like brushing his teeth. It's a complete sensory thing. We we thought we tried every single thing in the book. And then um, we were talking to one of his um, therapists and she was like, have you tried social stories? And I was like, and so I was like, know about a visual schedule, but I didn't really think about a social story telling you exactly what you're going to do, when, like mm -hmm. step by step. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things he really likes is to know how to do things step by step. Yes. And here we are, have this little construction illustration, you know, toothpaste and toothbrush and side and up and down. And don't you know it just like that? Yeah. <laughs> He he's on it. He'll get on it. And at the end, it says "all done," and he likes that he can read it. And yeah. it, he he says "all done" and shows you his teeth. And I'm all like, "Really? Yes. Like where where was this information?" And two months ago. Two months ago. And <laughs> and why didn't you reach out to Stacy for information and strategy? I did. Oh, I yeah. did reach out to Stacy, and she had some great ideas. And I was using those ideas, and some of them were working. They were just they just didn't yeah. work that fast, like the the games and all that. And um, one of the things I want to actually credit you also, Stacey, with was um, looking at your web um, site and talking to you. And you were mentioning all this stuff about, um, yeah, and that can be done in OT and this and then in OT. And I kept saying, but they said he didn't need OT because oh, yeah. he has gross and fine motor. And um, I said, well, you know what? I'm going to ask. And I called the OT and they were like, well, we can. We can do a quick little, you know, um, to see what we can do. Um, they did like a, a a test, and don't you know? They were like, "Oh, put them in. You want them in tomorrow? We, can, you know." Yeah, they were exactly what happened. And so sometimes you got to go a little bit above and um, beyond just what the the initial yeah. therapist or doctors tell you, because that sensory is a lot. Mm -hmm. that um that they need assistance with and i was just glad that that my my eyes were opened mm -hmm. and um and he's done so good we we took him recently like last week or this week for his therapy and the ot was like oh my goodness do you remember when he couldn't do this and i was like yeah. like he does stuff He's progressed that you don't realize what he wasn't able to do before. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's nice to know. And I am so sorry. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. She's participating. This is what she is very much participating. Right. Yes. This is life with children is hey, unpredictable. He's not a toddler. Um, participating. And what I will say, I know this is not really uh, podcast info, or maybe I can give Torin the link and he can put it in the information with this podcast, but there's a really great website I'll send you that has these wonderful free social stories that the therapist makes. And I love her social stories. So I'll send it to you so you can see someone that might be helpful. Yeah. Um, yes. So Torin, I have been just... 
relishing in um, the wonderful words of uh, mom and dad. Is there anything that you would like yeah. to say, ask? Um, oh, I'm just so happy. I just, I'm happy because when parents are all in and accepting, it is a game changer for the child. You know, he's, Grady is one less child I have to sleep over, right? Like one less kid I have to sleep over. Uh, he's in good hands. And yeah, it's going to be hard sometimes. Yes, he's going to be obnoxious. And yes, he's, uh, you know, but that's parenting, like Michelle said. All right, Torn, I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> well, I think we can all agree right now that there that the Burns' daughter is the real guest on this podcast <laughs> at this point. And that's who everyone has come to see and is, quite frankly, uh, becoming the star of the show. And I love it. That was for your birthday. That was your birthday surprise. She right? is so cute. I must say, she is so cute. No problem. One of the many things that stand that that stands out is your sort of positive outlook to parenting and to having an autistic child, which you don't always get. What you get a lot of, and you hear this on podcasts, you see this in parent forums, and I'm in a lot of those because of the nature of my work, of mm -hmm. this woe is me. They're upset that their child is autistic, not because they're worried about what will happen to the child, like police brutality and things like that, but because how that will reflect on the parent and how they won't have that like normal child that they thought they would have. I've even mm -hmm. heard parents go so far as to say, I'm mourning the child that I never had. Which mm. is, I heard parents say on a podcast, I'm like, you know, I almost respect the audacity of just admitting that. Like that's the sort of stuff like Michelle talked about saying in the shower. She said this on Maine, which almost impressed Ooh. me. But you, you get a lot of that from parents, unfortunately. What do you think is the difference between a lot of those parents and a set of parents like you guys, where you have this positive outlook, where you acknowledge the struggles, but you have a very uh, autism-inclusive mindset? What do you think fostered that? In all honesty, it was Michelle. Michelle, <laughs> Michelle is the most positive someone I have ever known in my entire life. And I, in all honesty, fall in suit and fall in step with this wonderful woman, just because I didn't have a really, really good or pleasant, you know, childhood. And she's shown me so much in the years that we've been together. And I know for a fact, I wouldn't want my daughter or Grady to go through the things that I went through when I was their age. Um, yeah. So when things, when things happen, I just had to roll with it, but roll with it with no help. And I didn't want that for Grady at all. So, like I said, I follow her step. I get in her feet. I walk behind her, get in her feet, you know, her footsteps. And 
I, I get on it just because I know at the end of the day, he needs positivity over negativity. And there'll be a lot of negative things outside of this house, mm-hmm. but not in. Yes. Yep. That's I, I, Yeah. Well, it's true. Yep. <laughs> we just really want um, both the kids to be happy no matter what, because like we said, before we even had a diagnosis, we wanted these kids to be happy. Mm-hmm. We wanted him to be happy. We took a lot of time and <laughs> and patience and money to get him here. Oh, um, yeah. And so, you know, why not when he's here, be able to um, enjoy our kids. You know, we one of the things we always say, we, we're a little bit older, um, but we also, because we are a little bit older, we're able to take the time and we have a little bit, you know, when you, sometimes when you have them young, you're really trying to, you know, grind so you can do everything, you know, and, um, we we did that grind beforehand. Yes. And so now like we do have a little bit of time and a little bit of a wisdom behind us. I know when I first, first, first started working and I was young and shiny and new, um, I remember always be working and always do it. And people were like, you know, this place is still going to be here if you're here or not. And, um, and I didn't really think about that until I got older. And then that place is going to be there whether I work or not. So, um, I'm going to spend more time and do what I need to do, um, to be, you know, with, our kids, you know, to take Grady to therapy. Um, I also feel like exactly what Vaughn said, if you see it in a positive light and a supportive light, then other people will see it in a positive light and another light. And don't let him fool you. Torn, this man will be in the middle of Target with Grady in a meltdown, bent down at eye level, talking about what do we need to do here? What what do we need to do? Yeah. Yeah. We're excluding everybody else. We're not even worried about it. Okay, so and at that particular point in time, I dare somebody to say anything because yeah. it's it's yeah. not for it's not anything for you to say. This is between mm-hmm. me and my son. You have nothing to do with anything yep. with this. And if you decide to go above your station, you're gonna have a papa bear on you. Exactly. exactly. And that's and I'm sorry to cut you off, but that's so important. One of the reasons we wanted you on is we wanted more fathers on because oftentimes it can be a little bit of a struggle to get the dads on board. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons for that is you get this like sort of machismo masculine thing where they want their kid to conform and they believe their kid doesn't conform, it reflects on their own masculinity. So I love the positive masculinity you showed in that example where your kid's having a meltdown, you're trying to do what you need to help your kid out. And, but you're still, you're not being what like some of these people be considered like a feminine or anything. You're being very yes. masculine because you because it, it's like the thing where you dare someone to say something while you're working with your son. You're doing what you have to do for your son. And that yes. is one of the most masculine things someone can do. And I just love that because we need more examples of that positive masculine energy, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, because th- there's just not enough of it, I feel like. And we, we want to spread more. So I'm glad you said that. I just really like that. That's something I really am digesting because I just love that. That's that's something I talk a lot about on the podcast. Yes, indeed. 
Yeah, definitely. It's 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 something that I've I've noticed on this journey. Um just because I I hear of other dads who aren't accepting, who deny it to to no end. And when we got the diagnosis and we sat here in this kitchen and found out together, you know, we felt some kind of way, but then it was just like, it's not about us. Mm -hmm. We need him to be okay. Mm -hmm. We need to get him to wherever he needs to be in this life. And I was all for it. I was down from day one. Michelle does a whole bunch of research <laughs> and gives me so many different things to read that I may or may not read, which I am sorry, my love. But, <laughs> but when she says what she says and gives me the advice to be like, okay, well, babe, you know, you've tried this three times before. You've tried this three times before. Let's try something else. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> yes, daddy is on here, baby. Yeah. Yes. So the, the guest of the episode is back. Yeah. <laughs> but she, uh, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he, he is the best thing. He's the best thing for us. And it actually has it where I'm growing more as a dad. I'm growing more. I'm just growing more because of him. Yeah. And learning these different things to help him, you know, yeah. and it's also something I really didn't have, you know, coming up. You know, I was raised by a single mom and uh dad was there but you know he kept it to a minimal so this is something completely new for me and it's an awesome thing to be around and to be hands-on and to help where i can help and you know just just to help move the ship <laughs> if you will and I'm, so i'm glad um i was when <laughs> people make me laugh because a lot of times when you say Tony, you don't hear a lot um with dads or dads struggle i feel like sometimes even in situations where there's not any child that has any kind of special needs at all um people they they act like even if the dad's in the home right like helping they sometimes go i'll give you the perfect example is I said, oh, yeah, you know, LaVon took the kids here. You let him take the kids? <laughs> oh, I, I let him. They, well, they yeah. are his kids. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I I work at night. So they go, oh, well, who's watching their kids? <laughs> they're, they're they have a dad. They have a, they have a dad. He's he's yeah. watching them. Oh, he, by himself? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Michelle, you know, that is so true I, oh my gosh that is so true i'm sorry Jenica. that is so true my mom said that that was asked of her because my dad would take me and and her mother would say you let him take that baby she's like it's his baby and then same with my boys when they went um after the divorce and i was like well yeah it's their dad like why would i not let them go with their dad but you are so correct that is exactly a stereo in terms of and my son is now a dad and um 
his uh, uh, their mom got a couple of days that she went away with some friends and my mother said, oh, well, who's with the babies? I said, they're dad is babies like when the dad is gone the mom's there um yeah uh they have two parents so uh, anyway yeah you are so right that is exactly how society frames it and i say well he can do it and Mm -hmm. and i always um because i also work with moms and i tell them you know uh he has his way of doing things and I have my way of doing things and my job is to let go and let, and I learned that from the very beginning, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, he's going to change the diaper this way. Could I have changed that diaper in five seconds? Yes. If it takes him a whole full minute, that's okay. It's it's Mm -hmm. done. And there's two different ways. And it's the same way we approach Grady with some things. Um, And sometimes I look at his way and I'm like, Oh, well, maybe I should try this way. The long road might work that way. And that's okay too, you know. It's that reciprocal trust. You you trust that each of you has your best, your child's best interest. It's so interest. you're, you're going to let it and say, oh, um, I love that you said that sometimes you even look at it and say, oh, maybe I could do it differently. <laughs> it, it, it's so weird that like some fathers and some husbands are like almost proud of the fact that like they can't be trusted to do household chores or be with their kids. Mm-hmm. Like they wear it as like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I don't know how to feed my kid. It's like, you're gonna say that on Maine? Like mm-hmm. you should be, I, I would, you, you couldn't torture me to say that out loud. That like, I, I, would, I don't know how to feed my own kid. And it's okay like reveling this. in being bad at mm-hmm. your job. I, I just never understood that. But mm-hmm. as as we start to wrap this up, um, is there anything you guys and Stacy would like to say? Oh, we know Stacy wants to say some stuff. So is there anything you guys would like to say? <laughs> well, I would like to at least say thank you very much for sharing your story with our listeners. Um, and and because it's it's a lot to put yourself out there and. Um, the benefit of other families hearing your story is going to help shift their narrative. And there are moms who are listening, who are going to um, make their husbands listen to this episode. Uh, I was telling a mom, she was in one of my coaching sessions, and she says, he just won't. Like, I mean, I can't get him to listen. I said, oh, okay, so this is what you do. You fix his favorite meal, and then you put the podcast and stream it over a Bluetooth speaker so he has no choice but to listen when he sees. And she's like, oh my gosh. I'm like, oh yeah. Feed him and put it on the speaker. He'll get it. He'll get it. So um, because it's important, you know, and 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 I I really am glad that everyone got to hear dad's perspective. And not that I don't appreciate moms, um, but like Torin said, we don't get enough of that, right? And you all work so well together and I've tried to get dads together. They say they want to meet another dad, but then I get them in a room and nobody says anything. And I'm like, okay, I'm not a dad, so I don't need to be here, but then nobody knows how to start a conversation. It's like all the dads are autistic. Oh gosh, Tor, am I going to get canceled because I said that? Ooh. (laughs) I don't think you can get canceled for making a factual statement. I'll get reamed. 
There's some autistic person out there who hates that. I just said that. But so, oh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's tons of them. Like I just yes. I don't care. The on, like the on, online isn't real. So yeah. All right. Any last words, mom, dad, and guest of honor? Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Yay, it's Brian's birthday. <laughs> oh my Sarah, we are very yeah, happy. The, the, we the got kid, to the meet kid you. put me on blast. The kid put me on blast <laughs> it's my 31st birthday. <laughs> she did it. It wasn't me. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The kid, the kid's the one that put me on blast. She's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Yes. Well, I'm leaving that so in there. Much. I do the edit. That is staying in there. I'm going to make it louder even because that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this one, this, this, yeah, this was awesome. It was so great to finally, finally meet you. Yes. After hearing so much about you mm -hmm. and just being a part of this is awesome. Yes. Thank you. Oh, well, th no, thank you, because uh, Stacy spoke very glowingly of you guys, and uh, I met uh, Michelle a little bit on one of our uh, trainings that we did. So okay. that was that that was cool. But I'm really happy I got to meet you guys because you are an example of you guys are an example of just because you have just because you are handed certain circumstances or you come from certain backgrounds in your case not the greatest nurturing environment doesn't mean you have to carry that over and it's possible to be really good great autism parents without a lot of the toxic stuff and even though y'all may make mistakes everybody does there's this uh introspective ability you guys have and just love and positivity and those are all things that can be repeated those aren't like in some of them are inherent but everyone can do a little bit of that. So that's why I think you guys are such a great example. I'm so happy you guys came on and thank you, Stacy, for, for setting this whole thing up because this was all you. This was great. Thank you. And, and Stacy, that's why we're working to shift the narrative on everything autism. See ya. <laughs>